What's up, guys? Welcome back to another daily Bible reading snapshot. Today, we're looking at Exodus 29 and 30 here in the Old Testament, and we're talking primarily about the priests and their different responsibilities to serve the Lord and to serve in his tabernacle, which would later become his temple. So it says here in chapter 29, there's all these instructions for how the priests were set apart to serve God. And you might read this chapter and think, wow, what's with all the ceremonies? Why is this so intense? Well, it's intense because God is holy. It's very specific because God has a lot of details he wants to be kept to tell us something about him. That we can't just go and approach God however we want to approach God. We have to come in the right way. And the interesting thing is the New Testament teaches that we can only come and really approach God in a right relationship if we have blood covering our sins. If, if we have atonement for our sins. We can only do it if Jesus is our high priest. So as we read this chapter, chapter 29, don't just read it and think, okay, that was all the stuff back then. Read it. Think about back then and then remember how Jesus is our priest who stands between God and ourselves and he makes intercession for us as the book of Hebrews says. So chapter 30, more information about the altar of incense and then about the census tax. And I think there's a interesting little phrase here that I want to pick up on. It says that all the people, everyone numbered in the census from 20 years old and upward shall give the Lord's offering. Verse 15 says, the rich shall not give more and the poor shall not give less than half a shekel. And when you give the Lord's offering, when you give the Lord's offering to make atonement for yourselves, it's interesting. It's like they're supposed to give this money and it's supposed to be a reminder that their lives have been saved. How are their lives saved? Well, these Israelites know what it is to have their life saved by God because God has just saved them out of Egypt. They've just been brought out of Egypt and they're going to go into the promised land later on. But the point is, it's like they're slaves that have been freed from slavery. They there's a redemption price, and it's like they're paying this little half shekel as a little token reminder that they have been atoned for by God. It says, verse 16, you shall make atonement, you shall take the atonement money from the people of Israel and shall give it for the service for the tenth of meeting, that it may bring the people of Israel to remembrance before the Lord so as to make atonement for your lives. It's so interesting that this little temple, uh, this little census tax is supposed to be a reminder that our lives have been atoned for by God. Super interesting here. And a good reminder that we need Jesus to atone for our sins. And he's the one who saves us. So the New Testament, we're going to read some words of Jesus here in Matthew 22. And as a matter of fact, we have what we're going to see here, Jesus in the temple. But even before he steps in, it says, Jesus told another parable. This is Matthew 22. What's the parable he tells? Well, there's a similarity to yesterday and the day before that back to the fig tree. So that's going to be important. It says he tells his parable of the wedding feast. He says, imagine the kingdom of heaven is like a king who threw his big wedding feast and called all these people to, to get his friends to come in. And all of them give all these excuses and say, I can't come to the wedding because I've got this. I can't come to the wedding because I've got this. They give all these excuses. And then the invitation goes out to everyone. The master says, send out the invitation to everyone. Send it out to the main roads and to the, to the back alleys and everybody so that the house will be filled with guests and all these people are invited. But when the king came in, the master comes in and sees the guest, he saw this man that didn't have a wedding garment. And he said, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. He didn't know what to say. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness in the place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Super interesting. What is he getting at? 
I think Jesus is saying, for one, he's reminding us that these Jewish people, this original audience that was called to embrace Jesus as Messiah, many of them rejected him. So then Jesus is going to make a broader call out to people to be saved, not just from this Jewish little circle and even this one generation. He's going to make a broader call to the Gentiles for at least 2,000 years later. He's going to make that call out to us. But then it says, but you still have to be qualified to enter. What's the qualification here? Well, it says a wedding garment. So someone tries to show up to this party without a wedding garment, the proper clothes, and he's like sent out to like, he's sent out to hell basically. Why is he sent out to hell for not wearing the right clothes? Well, it's not talking about clothes ultimately. I mean, Jesus is getting at the fact that you cannot live with God unless you have the proper attire, unless you're covered in the right robes. What are the robes we're talking about? Well, the robes of Jesus' righteousness. We cannot be embraced by God unless we're saved and redeemed by Jesus. Because these people who came into the wedding feast, they did not deserve it, but they were clothed. They were given this grace gift to cover them. But this one guy shows up and he doesn't have that. And he's sent out. It's a reminder for us that this original audience, as many of them rejected the gospel call, Jesus sent out the gospel call and many of us have embraced it by God's sovereign choice, but we still need to be covered by the blood of Jesus. We need to repent and turn and trust in Jesus to cover our sins. We can't be accepted with God if Jesus has not died for our sins. So then it says here in verse 15, this is the, the end section of what we're going to read, which is really setting up tomorrow's uh, reading. There are multiple groups of people that ask questions of Jesus. The first group is uh, the, the Herodians. These are people who come from that they respect Herod. They don't necessarily come from his family. Some of them might have. But the idea is these people support the government of Herod and they ask Jesus, hey, is it lawful to pay taxes? Should we pay taxes? And this was a setup, right? Because we know that if he says yes, some of the people will be happy, but other people will be really mad at him. And Jesus says, give me, give me one of these coins. Whose likeness, whose inscription does it have on it? Well, Caesar. Well, then give to Caesar what Caesar's, but give to God what belongs to God. So he stumps them by, instead of answering the question super directly, he answers the question, but it's not a yes or no question because it's not that simple. He needs to, yeah, pay your taxes, but what's more important than paying your taxes, on top of paying your taxes, make sure you give to God the honor and the glory and the service that's due to his name. So that's what we read today. We're going to pick up tomorrow on the Sadducees trying to stump Jesus, then the Pharisees trying to stump Jesus, and then Jesus stumps the crowd. That's going to be next time in the DBR. So we'll see you back tomorrow for another daily Bible reading snapshot.